And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be with you, Dan. And Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Hello, Dan. Well, gentlemen, it's nice to have you here in the studio today. We have an exciting topic on our agenda. It is concerning marriage. It's a huge subject, and uh, God has designed marriage, we're told in the scriptures. We'll get into all of that. But, you know, in our culture today, it seems that marriage is uh, so often broken apart, and people are hurt. Uh, there's a lot of hurting people out there, and... Uh, There's a lot to talk about, isn't there, as we broach this subject of marriage. Maybe the first question on our minds is, uh, where does marriage originate? Where does it come from? Well, the the scripture uh, from the very beginning speaks of marriage uh, with our first parents. And uh, they were united. uh, And uh, that, uh, that, that very union is appealed to by our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he says from the beginning, uh, and speaking of the union of Adam and Eve. And so Mm -hmm. it begins actually, uh, what should we say, in the garden, Mark? Yeah, right in the very outset we have a marriage. Uh, As soon as God took the rib out of Adam, we have marriage. Yes, Mm -hmm. we have marriage. And at that point, we even have some of the the laying down, you know, of that. And because then it says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. That makes it pretty, pretty serious, pretty sacred, too. Well, Mm -hmm. the the obviously bedrock foundation for marriage is that it was instituted by God in creation. Yeah. It is, uh, as it says in the preface to the marriage ceremony that I use, it's the prayer book, and it says in the prayer book that it was instituted by God in creation. Mm-hmm. And so it is an ordinance of creation, and it is to be honored by all. Right. Mm. And it's not a temporary sort of a thing. Well, I think the Lord is clear on that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that it is not a temporary arrangement. It is um, a serious matter because uh, from this union, of course, uh, we have children. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, uh, I don't think you can separate marriage uh, as such from the begetting of children. What does it mm-hmm. say in the cultural mandate in Genesis? Be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that is an important relationship between what you have there in the third chapter and what you have in mm-hmm. the first chapter. By the way, that reference is uh, Genesis one twenty eight. Let me just read it. It says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, I think we can see why God mm-hmm. instituted marriage. He calls Eve a helpmate. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we are social beings. We need companionship. And um, you, you and, know, you're right. We really do. Now and then I get the idea... Oh, I, I've got some uh, time on my hand. I'm hungry. Let me stop at the diner and get a quick bite to eat. But you know what? If my wife isn't with me, it's just not the same. <laughs> yeah. I miss her company. Something's missing. Something yeah. is missing. And, um, Mark, you had um, alluded to uh, Genesis chapter 2, where you're talking about uh, the rib. Right? Yes. In that uh, section, can you read some of that for us? Um, sure. And, and what God has to say about this uh, institution? Sure. Well, I'll start at 2.18. 
And the, the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to the cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper comparable to him. Hmm. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall be one flesh." And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Mm, very good. I was chuckling to myself when you read part of that, Mark, it, when it talks about the Lord God causing a deep sleep to fall on Adam. It's like God is the first anesthesiologist. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, that, that was uh, a very effective one there. Yes. <laughs> um, but God has created this. He's created marriage. And uh, it is not good, generally speaking, that man should be alone. Now, we know that there are special cases. Later on, we learn of those in the New Testament where sometimes people are called to a special life of singleness to serve the Lord. Yes, that's true. Uh, uh, Eunuchs for the kingdom's sake, kingdom of God. But on the other hand... uh, It would be a misunderstanding to believe that the single state or the the state of chastity is necessarily higher than the state of marriage. It may, in fact, uh, be an exception and certainly not a standard as such to emulate. It's a gift or a given. Uh, But the normal standard and the normal relationship is that we be married and produce children. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain holiness in that in itself, for Paul says the marriage bed is undefiled. Oh, that's a good point. That's right. Uh, so there's no, uh, in the early church, you know, there was a problem in the second and third century mm-hmm. of elevating the state of chastity and singleness above the state of marriage. It was as if marriage uh, was a, a an arrangement for the weak, mm-hmm. when in fact <laughs> it is uh, an honorable, mm-hmm. fully honorable state. Mm-hmm. Well, this is quite a contrast um, to what we find in culture today. Um, many people... Um, We'll see no friends, um, acquaintances that are uh, living together, uh, not married, and yet uh, here God is uh, instituting marriage. Well, the, no, no question that the the uh, designs of God uh, more than ever maybe have come under a criticism, and certainly there is a flouting of God's institution of marriage mm-hmm. today in a way that we I don't don't think we've seen in the history of this country anyway. Yeah. We'll probably get to this, and I I see we're up against a break here. But it's it's interesting and profound and yet exceedingly simple that uh, God joins together a man and a woman. Perhaps we need to uh, address that. 
But anyway, you're listening to A Plain Answer here on Redeemer Broadcasting. Today's discussion is on marriage. Stay with us now. We have to take a short break. We'll be right back. May the life we live forever bring you love we share together always glorify your name as we come before you Lord with hearts united here in your presence now Lord we renew our vows and pray your peace will always dwell within us We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Uh, We're talking about marriage today, gentlemen. And uh, before our break, we just alluded to the notion of one man for one woman. And this is at the very core, the very heart of God in terms of the design for marriage. Uh, What kind of comments do you guys have regarding that? Well, you can hit that in any number of different ways, but uh, some of the ways we, we look at it, of course, is that indeed a man should be married to only one woman, or mm-hmm. certainly one woman at a time. Of course, if uh, the wife dies or the husband dies, you're free to remarry. But yeah. if you look in the Scripture, I can't think of one incident in the entire Scripture where and we've got many incidences of especially men having more than one wives mm-hmm. where ever really worked out well it was always a problem you know yeah. solomon 
with all of his wives, 700 wives, 300 concubines. That's a lot of wives. Yeah, that is. I, I don't know it, how he ever managed that. No, I, not well, not well. <laughs> well watch he, out. Huh? He didn't even meet most of them. They were political marriages, yeah. arrangements oh, to seal relationships okay. with well, the kingdom. And they were also servants. Right, know. but you still have a situation there where they did lead him astray. They did. Into indeed. idolatry. Mm-hmm. Um, you even have the situation with uh, with Jacob. With the two sisters, and the two sisters, of course, their maidservants, uh, mm-hmm. um, Bilhah and Zilpah. And, and Sarah and Hagar. And Sarah Thanks. and Hagar, and, and none of it ever worked well. There was always never these tensions, and, yeah. and, and it always caused problems. Now, this reminds me of a text from uh, the New Testament, where it says in Mark 10, from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. And so this is um, this is the plan of God. This is this is the, the ideal. These are the words of the Lord yeah. Uh, yeah. on marriage. Yeah. I That's mean, Jesus. Yeah. And we confess him to be our Lord, the yeah. Lord Jesus Christ. This is the final word yeah. for Christians on marriage right here. Yeah. yeah. I seem to recall also the requirements that God tells us for elders in his church, that the man be the husband of one wife. One wife, yes. Yeah. And so that becomes an example for all the right. Christians in the church. And mm-hmm. it's also, uh, and this is a delicate uh, topic, I suppose, in many quarters, not to our audience, I'm sure, and and in our churches, but marriage is between one man and one woman. Uh, this is God's ordination as well. And, of course, uh, it is uh, not only a an institution for companionship, it is an institution for procreation, mm-hmm. for, uh, for children yeah. and their upbringing, and uh, to create a stable environment. You know, I... Oh, yeah. We'll probably get into this a little bit later, but uh, that, that, that should not be minimized in the least how important it is for us to feel secure in our relationship with mm-hmm. our spouse and that our children feel secure in their relationship to their parents. Mm-hmm. So commitment at the deepest level is required here so that we might be productive citizens and Christians who pursue the will of God. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we live in a society where things have turned around. The sacredness of marriage has has been trashed in many ways. And what happens, and, and of course, I, I know some of the arguments that are made, for example, for, for homosexual marriage is that, well, this is the way they're made. This is where their desires are. But wait a second. That's what got us into this trouble. Because also, for heterosexuals, very often their desires are... Not to stick with one woman or one man. And we've seen where that's gone. And in fact, that's what the Bible talks about in Romans 1 and what it talks about. God gave them up to the loss of their hearts, Hmm. to impurity. In other words, if you turn your back on God, God says, okay, you want to do do what you want to do. And what has happened? Um, My wife talks about that. The sexual revolution 
has trashed families. It has trashed the health of our nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I remember my wife as a registered nurse. She once said, you know, when I first got into nursing, there were like three venereal diseases. Now there's a bunch of them, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and many of them far more serious than the three that originally mm-hmm. were there. I was reminded of this yeah. uh, just the other day. I, my mother was in the hospital. Um, she needed some mm-hmm. uh, plasma, you know, after an operation. <laughs> And they read you your rights or whatever they call it, you know, all the risks. And, of course, now they're mentioning uh, AIDS and HIV and all that because now you're receiving a blood mm-hmm. transfusion. Right. And so that's a, that's another worry placed on top of everything else. Well, desire and inclination do not establish what right. is right and that's what is it, wrong it? necessarily. Exactly. It's just simply yeah. not the way we go about understanding what is good for us and mm-hmm. what is bad for us. That is just simply bypassing what God has given to us, our intellect and wisdom mm-hmm. and his word, and mm-hmm. going with the way we feel on the spur of the moment. Mm-hmm. It is no way to run a life, is it? Mm-hmm. I think the book yeah. of Proverbs yeah. is warning uh, against simply living an emotional an unrestrained life. That's right. And in fact, I think that's part of the reason, you know, sometimes uh, marriage is called a covenant. And I know there are some people who talk about covenant marriages. Now, when you have a covenant, you, you look at the covenant and say, what is compatible with the covenant and what is not? Regardless of what your feelings are, because a lot of times your feelings would be, every, especially every time you have a have a fight with your spouse, it would be, well, let's just, just leave. But yeah. you can't leave. No. You can. If you have this covenant. I had a, a wonderful uh, illustration of this some years ago. I had one of the women in the church to say to me, some, she said someone had asked me if I loved my husband. And I said, I really don't ask that question all the time. I just know I do because mm-hmm. there are sometimes I don't feel like it. <laughs> but right. it doesn't make any That's right. difference. That's yeah. a good distinction, yeah. isn't it? We are to love our spouse even though we don't feel like it at the time right. necessarily. Love is yeah. is in action. It's it's yeah, it's, it's outworking. Yeah. Out you think how Christ loved His church. He died for that church. Yeah. In fact, uh, this this passage of scripture uh, in Ephesians is a marvelous passage that mm. has to do uh, with uh, the relationship between the husband and the wife. And what you find in Ephesians chapter five, there it's a it's a delightful passage when you read mm. it. I preached on it not too long ago in Sunday evening. But it likens the institution of marriage, the relationship between a man and a woman, to the relationship that Christ has with his church. Oh, amen. Mm. And so it's marriage is not only rooted in creation, it's rooted deeply in redemption. Yep. That section you refer to says in verse 29, For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church this analogy is drawn by our lord himself he's the one that's drawn our attention to this and so the love of a husband and wife is reflective of the love of god towards his bride his church you know that whole passage there uh is uh, instructive he says wives submit to your own husbands as to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife as mm-hmm. also christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body mm-hmm. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, 
that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, Mm. that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such Mm. thing. Now, there is marriage rooted deeply in the relationship that Christ has to his church. Yeah. And um, that is something I think Christians in particular must remember. Mm. And so we don't ask ourselves, well, how do I feel today? In this case, we say to ourselves, what acts might I perform to demonstrate that I love my wife or that I love my husband or Mm -hmm. whatever? Mm -hmm. It's an action. If we love Jesus, then we're going to love our wife. Yeah. And it's not dependent on how they react to us. It's dependent on God's calling because, after Mm -hmm. all, Christ died for us when we were yet sinners, Mm -hmm. when we were sinful and not... (laughs) And and sometimes... He he didn't wait till we were good to die for us. He died for us when we were sinners. And And sometimes one of the spouses will say something to another and really hurt the feelings. But but it's the responsible thing to do to have a thick skin at that point and still love your wife, right, as a husband. Mm -hmm. Love your wife. I saw this the other day. I mentioned uh, in the hospital that I saw this the other day. Um, there was a patient, not my mother, being cared for, and the nurse, multiple nurses, were almost abused, you know, verbally by this one patient. But they just had, you know, big shoulders, and they mm-hmm. called the elderly woman honey or dear and, and just kept ministering mm-hmm. to that mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of a picture, too, of, of how we are sp- supposed yeah. to be in the home. What about, um, this is a pet peeve of mine maybe, but what about this radio preacher out there that says God has done with his church? What if we reverse that and took what he's saying as the truth, which it, which it isn't, and started applying that to the family? What would we have? Yeah, yeah. Who, who, Imagine who, that. Who filed for divorce? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know with the church here. I, well, <laughs> some years ago we had a, a, an episode in this area a little bit further upstate where a young minister... Uh, turned up missing and he ended up uh with another woman besides his wife and when he was caught in this deception he was asked why he did this and he said the lord told me to do this the lord was leading me into a different direction oh my. Uh, we use a lot of excuses for a lot of things mm. but uh it seems to me that the lord's words are absolute here they are yes. well yeah. i see we're uh we have maybe uh three or four minutes left to this broadcast. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking about marriage. In the studio with me is the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Both are pastors. And gentlemen, you have conducted probably a number of marriage ceremonies. And it's a joyous time. Well, for me, um, I always tell uh, people, what, what do you enjoy about the ministry? Well, I generally enjoy about everything, but there's nothing mm-hmm. quite like a baptism. Mm-hmm and a marriage, to share those events with parents and young people, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I think that that is a, a uh, I'm privileged to There's be able like to, <laughs> to be there and to represent Christ in those situations. Nothing Indeed you like, are. Nothing yeah. quite like you it. You are representing yeah, Jesus, I, yes. And, and you see how Christ, uh, of course, endorsed marriage as well by attending the marriage at Canaan and, and of course, uh, Participating in it by producing some wine for mm-hmm. uh, the reception. Of course, those days, they, marriage was like more like a week long, not uh, 
two hours in the after, you know, three or four hours Talk in the about afternoon. a preparation. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, the Lord wasn't a stick in the mud, was he? No, he wasn't. <laughs> he got into the celebration yeah. and enjoyed and rejoiced with this young couple yeah. and their families. He really did. Yeah. You know, there's one thing that I, I always said, you know, when I preached at a funeral, you know, I really preached to the, to the people uh, there because people are listening. Hmm. At a wedding, I preach hoping that the couple will look at it will be taped and they'll they'll look at it in a year or two because they're not hearing anything you say <laughs> at that um, during that day but uh uh-huh. but you know when things get tough that's when you have to stop and say well what has god called me to and mm-hmm. and god has called me maybe to to live through the tough situations and it's always worth it and rewarding i was just thinking here i'm look i'm looking at us us guys here I think we probably got uh, good night. We probably got well over a hundred years of marriage. Oh my! We, uh, among us here, huh? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does add up, doesn't it? I didn't think of it. In those <laughs> one, one thing I do in mar- in marriage counseling is I usually try to counsel a couple beforehand, of course, but I usually give them three free counseling sessions one year after they're married. Mm, there you Come go. back and let's just see. Now we. We can get down to business and talk <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Yeah. They got the stars out of their eyes by then. That's right. That's Reality right. is set in, but it's That's a wonderful right. life. It can get better from there. Yeah. Much more to talk about. I see we're at the end of our session here today. Gentlemen, it's been enjoyable. Our topic today has been marriage, what the Bible has to say about it, its origin, and uh, a few tidbits here and there as we've talked, and I can't believe how fast time has gone. And uh, in the studio today has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York, and Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. This whole broadcast will be up on the website, so check it out under RedeemerBroadcasting.org, under Programming and MP3 Samples. If you have a question for the gentleman here, as well as others that we tie in from time to time, Please post your question using our toll-free number. That number is 888-724-4427. For Redeemer Broadcasting and Plain Answer, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Please join us again next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.